Good morning. What a privilege it is to be here on a day like this. Um, it always feels good to be at High Street. It feels like uh, coming home uh, for, for our family. Um, we, uh, the, the time that we were here in Springfield, I was the campus pastor at Baptist Bible College, and this was our church. And I just want to, of course, echo congratulations to Pastor Eddie, his wife, his family, um, the whole Lions family, even beyond their immediate family, they're like ministry all-stars. I don't know. I mean, we, this is just like if there was an all-star team, they would all be the starting five. I mean, that's just the way this family is. And I'm so grateful to know them and to have been a, a part of this church for uh, the, the number of years that we were in town. This church gave us exactly what we needed, moving to Springfield, not knowing hardly anybody. And they became family for us. And uh, I'm thankful for a friendship with Pastor Eddie. Uh, I, I, would, I can say this, and you all will be able to say the same thing. I'm better because I know him and his family. And so I'm very thankful for his influence in my life. And, and uh, the, 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 I think of my mind gets flooded with memories of just laughing with their family and, and, and memories here at this church, outreach efforts, missions, projects, all of those amazing things. It's not very often that a church can honor the consistency and faithfulness that you have seen out of your pastor and his wife and family and, and staff. It's a very, very special occasion so much has been said about their family, and, and again, we could all echo the exact same thing. Um, uh, but, but I know this, I know the last thing Pastor Eddie would want for a day like this is for him to be the focus, although it's unavoidable. We have to, we have to say thank you to you. The Bible does say, give honor to whom honor is due, and it's just right. It's just right to say thank you to you and your family. Uh, he has said, and just, just in a moment ago, how, how important and how vital his family, his wife are, okay? We, 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 we say thank you as well. Uh, Miss Cindy, to you, your faithfulness. Um, he would deflect to the staff, and he did that already, and so there's so many great people. All the folks that serve, all the folks that volunteer, those that show up consistently and, and do all of maybe even the behind-the-scenes things. You matter big time to this church, to this pastor, um, and uh, I'm, I'm so thankful to be able to part, uh, be a part of a day like this. He also would want, to know, want you to know this, especially if you're a guest here today, that what Pastor Eddie believes is that there is really only one hero of the story, that we, the rest of us, we're just guides pointing people to the hero, and that hero is Jesus. And what he has expressed is this great privilege for, for him to give his life all over this world to pointing people to Jesus and uh, the life-changing and the hope-giving news of the gospel. And so I'm so thankful for the history of this church, its impact, and uh, I'm just so grateful to be a part of, of a day like this. It's not, it really is not often that, uh, um, that we get to celebrate such faithfulness. Um, you, you, there's even some recent research that talks about the number of pastors that are leaving ministry permanently, even each month, um, that, that a high percentage of pastors and their spouses feel discouraged in their roles, that sometimes pastors have a hard time making friends even because of the, the chair that they have to sit in. Um, uh, there are high percentages of pastors, especially coming off of a COVID world, that, that feel increasing levels of, of burnout. And so it's very encouraging, right, to see a pastor who is not feeling any of those things, that, uh, that he's surrounded by a bunch of people who love him and care for him, and you're part of that story as well. So I'm just so, I'm just so thankful. As I thought about and prayed about this day and this moment, as we take just the next few minutes, the word legacy kept coming to my mind. 
that it's important for all of us to think about the life that we're living now and what kind of legacy we will leave because it's not a question of whether we will leave a legacy or not. It's a question of what kind of legacy we will leave. And something I constantly observed with Pastor Eddie and his wife and his family is that what we do just for ourselves actually dies with us, but what we do for others lives far beyond us. And so I want to encourage you today. I want us all to be encouraged by a really unique story in the Bible. It's in 1 Chronicles 28. If you have your Bible, your phone, anything you can look up scripture on, begin to make your way to 1 Chronicles 28. We're going to look at an amazing story there in just a second. What I want to challenge you with for the next few minutes is to live life on purpose so that you leave the right kind of legacy. I know that's Pastor Eddie's heart. I know that's the heart of him and his family. I know that's the heart of the staff here, and it's the heart of this church. Again, if you are a guest here today, if you're looking for a church, you don't need to look anywhere. You found it, all right? This is the place, this is the place to be, and, and, and such godly leadership and, and such, an, such an amazing, welcoming uh, culture here that, that I know you're going to love, that a church that wants to leave a godly legacy should be full of people who want to leave a godly legacy, because, right, the, the church is not the building, it's the people, And each individual person deciding they want to live life a certain way so that they leave a godly legacy is vital to the heartbeat of of a church. When you hear words like love God, serve others, and reach the world, it's not just a motto that goes on screens and on posters on walls. It's the heartbeat of this place to want to make a difference all around the world. What about your life? Have you thought about what kind of legacy you will leave? Have you thought about that the, the, the decisions we make every single day determine what kind of story people will tell about our lives? Now, there are some legacy stoppers. There are some things that will get in the way of us leaving a legacy. One would be this. One would be a wrong view of self. Maybe when we think about the desire to want to leave a legacy, maybe we get overwhelmed with insecurity. Maybe we just don't think it can happen for us. Maybe we think God loves to use people. We're just not sure if he wants to use somebody like me. Maybe we, maybe we, we experience fear. Maybe we want to, but we're afraid we might fail. Maybe we haven't up to this point, so we're just not sure how to start. And we get overwhelmed with this wrong view of self. Maybe we think we just don't have it in us. Maybe we're not sure God wants to use us. And I want to remind you, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 says, especially when in the context of someone who's put their faith and trust in Jesus, that you're this people for his possession that, are, that are, are designed to proclaim the excellency of the one who called you out of darkness into light. That God has a special and specific design and plan for your life. Maybe we have a wrong view of self, and that could get in the way of us leaving a legacy. Maybe we have a wrong view of people. You know, time and time again, we see in the Bible, especially in Matthew chapter 9, it says Jesus looks out among all these people and he was moved with compassion. He was moved to the point of wanting to do something because they were as sheep without a shepherd. And sometimes we we just see the world around us and we see all this division and we see people. And people can be difficult sometimes, right? People, especially in this world we live in today, man, there's so much argument going on. And I think it was somebody, I think it was Mark Twain who said, the more I get to know people, the more I love my dog. Anybody can relate to this, right? Any difficult people in your life? Maybe we think about the people that are around us and think, oh, I don't even know, I don't even know. But hey, let's be reminded of Jesus and how he was moved with compassion when he saw people. That people aren't a problem to be removed but souls to be reached. And maybe it's, maybe it's just a wrong view of God. 
Jeremiah 20, uh, 30, 32 verse 17 says that nothing is too hard for God. Even the farthest project, even the, even the farthest away we might think we would drift is never too far for God. There's nothing too far out of God's reach. And there's this amazing story in 1 Chronicles 28. Don't have a wrong view of self, don't have a wrong view of people, and don't have a wrong view of God. And then we get to peek in and lean into a, a conversation between a father and a son. First Chronicles 28, if you look up the context of what's going on here, these couple of chapters before and after, it's King David. And King David is giving instruction for the last transition of his leadership. King David is giving instruction on what it would be like for his son to leave and live like he wants to leave a legacy. We get to peek over his shoulder and kind of lean into their conversation. And what happens in 1 Chronicles 28 is, is, a, is one of my favorite passages of Scripture. It records David's last assembly. He lays out plans again for the building of a temple. He, he's, the, the, the few chapters before that, he organizes this and he organizes this and he organizes this. It's like he's taking care of all the, all the nitty-gritties of what needs to happen. And then all of a sudden comes 1 Chronicles 28 verse 9. And it's almost like we get to sit and listen into a conversation between a father and a son who are just knee to knee, maybe. I can imagine it this way. He's taking care of all the other stuff. Now he sits down and he looks at his son and looks in his eyes. This is King David. This is one of the most famous names maybe we could find in Scripture. And he was an incredible leader. And maybe David would, would want to sit down and look into the eyes of his son Solomon and give him a bunch of leadership principles, which of course are very, very, very important. Maybe he could have given a military strategy because he was going to face wars and face conflict and face battle. And you got to know how to handle that kind of stuff. So let me give you the details on how to win every conflict you could ever have. But that's not what he does. Remember David's life, right? He's had a lot of highs and he's had a lot of lows. And some of those lows were pretty low. And maybe he would just come up to his son and say, hey, let me teach you how to navigate temptation because I blew it a handful of places. Let me teach you how to, how to navigate when you feel those seasons overwhelm you and you just don't know where to turn. And David would get to that maybe someday. But in this moment, right in this spot, David says to his son Solomon, let me give you a couple things to think about. Here's how you can know you're going to leave a legacy. If I know I should and know I want to, how am I supposed to do this? This is an amazing verse. Let, let me read it to you. First Chronicles chapter 28, verse 9. And you, Solomon, my son, know the God of your father. Serve him with a whole heart and with a willing mind. For the Lord searches all hearts and understands every plan and thought. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will cast you off forever. The very first thing David says to Solomon is this, know God. Know God. There's a lot of things you should know. But let everything take second place to knowing God. And you know, as parents and as, like as grandparents, as we're trying to invest in the next generation, our kids and, and those that, that are coming along beside us and, and those we get to influence, there's a lot we can teach. And typically when we think of legacy, we think of financial legacy or maybe the gift of property or land or, or certain physical things like that. And although those things are very much appropriate and, 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 and make a whole lot of sense to plan for and do, what we don't want to do is do that at the expense of leaving a godly legacy as well. 
That's why David carves out specific time and says, hey, listen, there's a lot of stuff you're going to know. But can I really encourage you here, son? Know God. If I really want to leave a legacy, if you, if you really want to leave a legacy, it starts with knowing God. In 1 John chapter 2, it's verses 12 and 13, it's, it talks about spiritual development and how we develop in our walk with God. And it says, little children know their sins are forgiven. Young men have learned how to overcome the wicked one. Fathers know God. Well, how can I know God? The Bible's a big book, and there's a lot in there, and how, where, where do I look for this? And, and there's a lot of things today where we could look for, I mean, do I go to the bookstore? Do I order something off of Amazon? Where, do I ask just the right, what if I ask the wrong person? How in the world am I supposed to know God? And that's a great question. The Bible gives us the great answer as well. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6 says this. For God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, that God who created everything, the creator and sustainer of every single thing, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God. Where, 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 where do we find this knowledge? In the face of Jesus Christ. If I want to know more about God, I look to Jesus. If I'm just not sure what to do next, I look to Jesus. If I start to get in an area or a circumstance in my life that's causing confusion or, 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 or all sorts of challenges, I go to Jesus, I follow his example. In the middle of all that you're going to know, Solomon, and all you need to learn as the next king, and all you need to learn to leave a legacy, a godly legacy, you're going to know a lot of stuff. You're going to learn a lot of stuff. Know God. Know God deeply and intimately. Spend time with God. Talk with your heavenly father. Start of a year. This is the perfect opportunity to start again with that discipline of spending the time with the Lord. Maybe it's drifted a little bit. Maybe you didn't end the year strong. Maybe we got off to a rough start already. We're a handful of days in, and maybe we don't have a perfect record quite yet, all right? Can I tell you? That's okay. Start today. We can't do anything about yesterday, but we sure can't do something about today. So start today. And David would say to Solomon, all the things you could know, you need to know God. Know the God of your father. The more you know God, the more you love what God loves. And God loves his church. One of the things I'm so thankful for about Pastor Eddie and his wife and their family is they love the Lord. And they love people and they love the church. I'm so thankful for that legacy and that testimony. But David said to Solomon, know God. Can I say, do you know the Lord? Has there ever been a time where you put your faith and trust in Jesus for salvation? That's what this church is all about. And you'll have an opportunity even to get some of those questions answered today. So, so David says to Solomon, no, no, know the God of your father. And then, and then the very couple of words later, it says, and serve him. It says, serve God. Know God, serve God. So Solomon, what you're about to step in, if you really want to do it the right way, you have to know God because we can't live every other area right if we don't know God first. It's we seek him first. Then all of those things get added to our life. When I know God, then it's important to serve God this way, with a whole heart, with a willing mind. Serve God with loyalty, with willingness, wholehearted not halfway, that you give God everything, that you don't just give him Sundays, you give him every day of the week. You don't just give him a little bit, you give him everything. You don't keep part of it back for yourself. You give God 
everything. It speaks to the motivation for the Lord searches all hearts and understands every plan and thought. It's possible to do the right thing for the wrong reason. And even in the words of Solomon, it's the words of David to his son Solomon, he says, hey, listen, serve God and do it for the right reasons. Be a servant. Be a servant. As I think back about the, 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 the amazing history of Pastor Eddie and his leadership and, and, and his family and their staff, that they're servant leaders. I'm thankful for that. Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 7 says, Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. But he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. Both Mark chapter 10 and Matthew chapter 20 say, The Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. Serve. If you're at this church and you haven't found a place to serve yet, serve. Serve alongside and, and let's let every, many hands make light work so everybody jumping in can make a major, major difference. In this verse, we see, we see David come up next to Solomon and say, know God. If you really want to leave a legacy, you have to know God. And then serve God with all of your heart. And then at the end of verse 9, it says, if you seek God. Know God, serve God, and then seek God every single day. If you seek God, he will be found by you. He's not running from you. He's not playing hide and seek. He's not playing hard to find. God is there. And if you feel like you've drifted, he's the one that's still there. And by the way, you can always come back. That's this God that David is talking about. Don't forsake him. Don't miss the opportunity to seek after God. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33 says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then all these things will be added to you. Your desires start to change. You put God first. It doesn't mean uh, you, you, you leverage your love for God to get everything you want because he made a promise in that verse, hey, if I love you, then you're gonna hook me up with everything. All these other things are gonna be added to me. That's not what that verse is talking about. What happens is when we put God first, our desires start to change. And we start to love what he loves more than we did before. And what used to look great, great to us doesn't maybe look so great anymore because now we want to live to leave a godly legacy. Those things are fine, but those things come after seeking God first. First Chronicles 28.9, and then I just want to read to you verse 10. It won't be up on the screen, but, but, but look at verse 10. If you're looking at it with your, however you may be looking up scripture today, it says, be careful now. Some versions will say, take heed. What that means is consider. Take this seriously. It's not a question of whether you will leave a legacy. It's a question of what kind. Can I encourage you? Live as if this is the day that will be remembered. And understand that all of those little decisions I make every single day add up to the legacy that I get to leave. And the same is true for every single one of us. And I want to encourage you that God wants to use you to leave a godly legacy. One of the biggest fears of a pastor would be that you, you would entertain the thought 
that God would only use a pastor and a pastor's wife and a pastor's family to leave a godly legacy. It doesn't work that way. Everybody has that opportunity. You don't have to be on staff at High Street to leave a godly legacy. You can do that. You have that opportunity before you every single day. In the very home that you live in, what kind of legacy are we leaving? In the place you show up to work every day, what kind of legacy are we leaving? With every decision I make, I begin the building blocks of what that legacy looks like. And you just might think, you just might think you're not sure God could use you to leave that big of a legacy. And I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you with, with something today. I read, I read a story uh, uh, a couple of months ago about Arnold, uh, Arnold Palmer. He's a famous golfer. I don't know if there's any golfers here, but he, he, he was a famous golfer. And he got this invite to play golf with someone who is from the Middle East who is royalty. He's playing with a king. Got invited to play this round of golf. It's a very special moment, a special experience. Got flown out in a very special way. Just got all this, this amazing experience playing golf with this, with this new friend. And, and, and after it was over, the king asked Arnold Palmer, he said, I want to give you a gift for being my guest. What, what, what kind of gift would you like? What, what kind of, uh, do you collect anything? Do you, do, you keep, do you have anything for keepsakes or things like that? And, and Arnold Palmer said, well, you know, I, I collect golf clubs, you know. If I, you know, if I might get a, a, a gold-plated putter or, you know, something, just some cool little, little knick-knack from the trip or things like that. And, and so he didn't even think anything about it. And he leaves and he goes home. And a couple of weeks later, he gets a letter in the mail from his friend who hosted him on this trip. He takes this letter out and he opens the letter and what he pulls out is a piece of paper. And on that piece of paper is the deed to an actual golf club. It wasn't a club that you hit the golf ball with. It was the piece of paper that said, you're the owner of the whole club. Here, here, here's the moral of the story. Kings think differently than you and I, don't they? Arnold Palmer thought he was gonna get a, a, a golf club. The king was thinking about a whole different kind of golf club. You might think you can make just a little bit of a difference and leave a little bit of a legacy. But can I tell you, we serve the king of kings and kings think differently than you and I do. Can you imagine if you made a commitment this year to get closer to God than you've ever been? To know God more deeply than you ever have. Could you imagine if this year you served God more than you've ever served God with a whole heart and a willing mind holding nothing back? Could you imagine if you woke up every day to seek after God for this day because God has given us a gift of this day God, I'm seeking you today. I want to know you more. I want to serve you with all I have. And I will seek you with all my heart. Can you imagine what kind of legacy that would leave? You might think you can do just a little bit, but the King of Kings has a whole other set of plans for you. Let's know him, let's serve him, and let's seek him. Can I ask you to join me and bow your heads this morning?